Welcome to the Rewilded Human Podcast, where Dr. Lucille and Lynn will tackle your most difficult and intimate questions with candor, tough love, and a little dash of humor. In today's episode, uh, you do all the things you're supposed to do, the kids leave the nest, and you turn and look at one another and you go, what do we have in common? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like what, right? And I think women are less tolerant of that. Um, as you said, they say to themselves, well, I'm not that old and I want to have a life. I don't just want to sit on the couch with my grumpy old guy. Right? Welcome everybody to the Rewilded Human podcast where I, Dr. Lucille and my lovely partner in crime here, Lynn Hardy, decide uh, your fate. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> we are here to help all of you navigate your lives much better so that you can become more empowered. And uh, what we uh, are about, as we, we are help in the helping professions, both of us, I happen to be a psychiatrist, psychotherapist, and also a Healy World member. I love introducing people to frequency devices. And so um, I am here to just help you all with your questions, with whatever you need to get back to the empowered, wonderful human being that you were always meant to be. And I'd love to turn it over to my uh, cohort here, uh, Lynn, and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, guys. I'm Lynn Hardy, and I'm a nutritional consultant and a naturopath. But actually, I keep forgetting to tell you guys, I started studying psychology. I did the first year of psychology in Toronto. So my that was my original interest. And and then somehow my life changed and I, I went down the naturopathic route instead. But I always had this really strong interest in psychology, in the human psyche, in relationship. And, you know, I've read hundreds, if not thousands of self-help books and everything. So this is like a real passion for me. And it's such a privilege to do this podcast with Dr. Lucille, because I feel like we have like such different and interesting perspectives to give to you guys. So thank you so much for being here and for listening to us. And we appreciate you guys so much. We appreciate your support. Keep sending us those questions so that we can keep going with future episodes and, um, we love you guys. This is awesome. So today we're going to jump right in. We've got four amazing questions for you guys that are going to be just fascinating. And the first one is from Linda, who is fed up with her partner's behavior. Linda says, my partner and I have been together for over 20 years. Since he entered his 60s, he's changed and it's getting on my nerves. He's become a grumpy old man. Then to top it off, he had a health scare when the doctor told him he was at a high risk for diabetes and a heart attack. Since then, he's been even more grumpy, worried, and obsessed with every sensation he feels in his body. At first, I was supportive, and then I just got fed up, and nothing I said seemed to work. I'm also confused because he's changed his lifestyle, and his blood work is now normal. Nothing to worry about now, according to the doctor, but he's still grumpy and anxious. What do you think can help him? Something happens to guys around their 60s, doesn't it? Yeah. I've yeah, got a grumpy sure. guy downstairs as well. Uh, <laughs> He's uh, turning, 60, turning 62 in February. Yeah. And and I, some, I mean, you know, we go through menopause as women. And, and, and I think the changes that we go through are very, 
they're quite rapid and they happen quite quickly. And I think what men go through is more gradual. But mm-hmm. if you know, a lot of them do become grumpier. And do you find that? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And um, you know, one of the things that you might want to keep in mind is, you know, women have menopause, but men's uh, testosterone does fall significantly. You know, uh, as they get older, and that leads them to um, being more at risk for depression. And depression in men looks like the grumpy old man. It's the grumpy old man. They tend to be more irritable, more anxious. They fret. They worry about things that, you know, you might think is like nothing. Mm -hmm. So um, I would suggest that, you know, that may be the main issue with your partner. I'm very, very sorry for you, Linda, because it's it's a pain to live with somebody like that. It is. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And you, and I know you feel helpless because you're trying and trying, you're, you know, you're the partner, you want to be a good wife, you want to be there for them and nothing you do seems to make them feel any better. They're just totally obsessed with their own problems and mm-hmm. their own grumpiness. So, um, yes, this is a very, very common problem. And if the changes that he's made in his lifestyle like sometimes it is that you know if if you're eating way too much sugar or you have a really um very bad diet and you never get up off the couch that can certainly make you grumpy and it Mm -hmm. can make you depressed but if he's changed that like maybe he stopped eating sugar or whatever he's done to make his blood work normal and it's still not improving his temperament I would say that you might want to educate yourself about depression in men, how it, how it manifests. Mm -hmm. And you might want to start suggesting that his family doctor take another look at, uh, at his mental state. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that, you know, I would say what happens with women in these situations, and I understand it completely is that they go from being support supportive, to um, then starting to get angry and they start being critical of their Mm -hmm. partner and they're saying well what the um, I mean there's nothing wrong with you come on snap out of it you know you you, really I can't stand being around you and all that stuff and and they start um, really uh, you know vomiting a lot of venom Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the partner right which does does not help does not help at all it just makes the grumpy old guy grumpier. It does. Um, And the other thing that women, uh, that I think is a slightly more helpful strategy is you just, just don't engage them. Just don't, don't even go there when they start worrying about, oh, oh, I've got this pain in my back. Oh, what do you think it could be? Uh, Should I Google it? Uh, You just, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't, don't get into it. Just don't get into it. You change the subject. You know, uh, you try to um, just go about your own life or you or you say things like, well, I'm sure you'll figure it out, honey. You know, I'm sure it's fine. You'll figure Mm -hmm. it out. But you don't argue with them and you don't struggle with them. Right. Mm -hmm. That will make you into a grumpy old woman. (laughs) You don't want that. It's true. (laughs) When you've got that combination with the two of them, that becomes this very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'm sure testosterone is an issue. And absolutely. And there are some great ways to address that. I'm going to tell you like a very 
unconventional way of doing it, and um, which is to get sunlight on his testicles. Sunlight yes. or red light therapy on the testicles. And I mean, okay, I know this sounds funny, but it actually does help increase testosterone. So whenever, you know, I have nobody around and the garden is private and there's no gardener here and no one else, I tell my husband, you go out there, pants off, underwear off, <laughs> testicles in the sun. <laughs> True story, but it does work. And it makes a big difference because once the testosterone is higher, then they have more of a, a will and a drive for life for the future, more positive outlook. They're more patient. Just everything changes. You know, when testosterone plummets, it's just not a good situation. Also, you know, like I said, the sun is super important. Get him out in nature, get him walking, get him interested in a hobby, maybe a manly hobby, you know, go boxing or golfing or, you know, something that that gets him out of the house and that drives his passion and gets the focus away from feeling sick or, you know, being a bit of a hypochondriac that, oh, something's wrong with my body which is, you know, a terrible feeling. And if you're always concentrating on that, that, oh my God, I'm sick or something's wrong, then you're going to, you know, eventually manifest those conditions. So you need to be very careful with your thoughts and your words. So like Dr. Lucille said, don't encourage him, you know, don't engage him, don't don't play along with him that something is wrong with him when everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love it. And I have read about that, the, the testicles in the sun. Yeah, that's great. It it's works. Great. And when there's no sun, you know, like if you guys are watching us on, on YouTube right now, I don't know if you guys can guess which one of us is in Spain and which one of us is in Toronto. <laughs> Any guesses? Let us know below. So, um, so you probably don't have as much sunshine right now as I have in Spain, mm-hmm. but then a red light therapy device can also be exactly. very beneficial yeah. and really help. So hopefully, Linda, that will help. And um, hopefully things will become better. It's it's very hard. This is a really tough time. And we go through many changes. And, you know, you may be going through menopause or maybe have gone through it. And he's going through all these changes. Maybe the kids are grown. And just, you know, it's a huge adjustment. And I know because we're going through it at the moment as well. And your lives just change so much. So the best thing you can do is to, you know, stay grounded as much as you can. And, and do things that, that make you happy and that bring you joy. So that brings us to the next question from Giovanni. Right. Giovanni has a very sensitive question. I'm writing to you about a personal issue that's been causing me a lot of distress. I struggle with body odor, despite practicing good hygiene and trying various products. This has made me extremely self-conscious, especially in social and work environments. I'm constantly worried that others might notice and it's affecting my confidence and interactions. Can you offer any advice on how to effectively manage this issue and regain self-esteem? Okay, that's interesting. That's Um, an interesting question. It's a difficult situation. It's a difficult situation. I'm very glad you brought this up because, you know, you're not the only one who has this kind of issue. So anyway, I turn it over to you first, Lynn, because you are the naturopath and uh, you well, have I'm sure, all sorts of things to, to suggest. My, my first thought is, you know, about body odor and things like that is that was this ever an issue before like modern day living without, you know, the processed foods and our toxic lifestyles and all the toxins everywhere and using deodorant and soap and all of these things all the time. Was this a problem in the past? I would be really curious to know that. 
or or did we just have a normal natural smell and this wasn't an issue? And isn't it amazing how in Asia, you know, certain cultures they don't have body odor? I th- I find that so fascinating. So there's not wow. even like in Korea they don't even sell deodorant. It's not how how amazing oh, is I that? didn't know that. Yes, I didn't Japan, know that. Wow. Korea, a lot of Asian countries they have no body odor and no earwax. What is wow. up with that? Wow. And why you did we get you. shafted with all this stuff? Uh, it's yes. just not fair. <laughs> but isn't that amazing? Wow. Yeah. And so I think it's, first of all, Giovanni, you might have a, like I have a very, very strong sense of smell, which is like more, much more acute than anyone around me. So I can smell things that other people cannot smell. And it's, it's, it's not really a blessing. So you might be someone like me and maybe you're smelling things that other people are not smelling at all. That could be the first issue. Um, the second one is the, the cleaner your lifestyle, the healthier you eat, the better you take care of yourself, the, the less you'll have issues with body odor. And, and a simple thing that I can tell you is you can buy liquid chlorophyll And this comes like in a liquid form. And you can just add a few drops into your water. And this is like an internal deodorant, which will change the composition of your body. So when you're sweating, your sweat, your breath, everything will be a lot fresher. That's just a simple, simple technique. But if if this continues and it is bad and other people are complaining, you might need to get a, you know, do a checkup to see if something's wrong. You may be, you have too many heavy metals in your body. You know, that could also be an issue that could cause body odor. I mean, it can be so many things. It's so hard to, you know, specifically pinpoint one thing. But um, if you have a healthy lifestyle and proper hygiene and everything, then you might want to, you know, maybe go see a naturopath and do some investigations and see what's happening in your body and what you can do to improve these things. But liquid chlorophyll will be a very quick and easy solution that you can start right away. Dr. Lucille? Um, yeah, one of the things I just want people to be aware of is that this issue, which is called hyperhidrosis, is something that can be a side effect from certain medications. Mm, that's true. Too. So, you know, so if you have been put on a medication, maybe you haven't made the connection that uh, it, that your you know, your issue with body odor started when you started on the medication, you might want to just check into that or anybody else who has this issue, just notice what you're taking, and um, you can just Google side effects. Um, and s- there are a number of medications that do create this problem. So yeah, that's just so you know. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's, an int- that's a really important thing to look into as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So best of luck, Giovanni, and uh, please write yeah. us back because we want to mm-hmm. know if, um, if these tips worked. And um, yeah, very, very uncomfortable issue, and I, I totally feel for you. And I'm sure there are a lot of people that are suffering in silence from something like this. And mm-hmm. hopefully some of our tips will help you guys. Mm-hmm. This brings us to our next question, which is from Margaret. Margaret is dealing with a painful transition. She says, my husband and I divorced recently. It's been really hard dealing with this, even though I know it was the best thing for me to leave him. The toughest part is the loneliness. My kids live far away from me. And a lot of my friends have either died or are uncomfortable with having me around now that I'm single and they're still married. At 67, am I too old to make new friends? I have no idea how to do that. Well, it's really tough, Margaret. Yeah. I, I totally feel yeah. for you. And yeah. you know, I can I 
I mean, I can't even imagine that loneliness, especially after being married for such a long time. I've been with my husband almost 30 years. And I think of that, like what will happen if, you know, something happens to him and he's older than me. So, you know, I'm healthier. So I'm always thinking, you know, am I going to have 20 years, 30 years without him eventually? And, and I can't, I've never been on my own, never lived on my own for longer periods of time. So it's really hard for me to imagine that. But what does give me comfort is, is knowing that I do have friends that I can rely on and hopefully I can, you know, foster those friendships and that I would not be lonely. But um, if you're finding that it's difficult to keep your friendships now that you're not married, and I, I guess the married friends are, you know, where you guys maybe were hanging out as couples and now the dynamic has changed and it's it's more different. But the good news is I think you can make friends at any age. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of women that are going through similar things. It's 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 funny that people are, you know, before in the past, people in their 50s and 60s didn't really get divorced, right? This yes. is this is very new that people, mm-hmm. you know, even later on in life, they decide they want to start a new life and it's still not too late. So mm-hmm. um, you know, good for you if if your marriage wasn't working and you feel like you've got all these great years ahead of you and you want to enjoy them, then well done, you know, you took a huge step. And there's definitely so many ways to make new friends. You know, I'm sure there are lots of groups, even online, where you can meet ladies that are going through divorces or are in similar situations, or you can, you know, join art classes, yoga classes, you know, any kind of social activity where you have other ladies of similar age that are looking also for friends, walking groups and things like that can be great where you combine exercise and making friends, I think that that can be a very good combination. What do you think, Dr. Basile? Absolutely. I agree with everything you said. And you know, that is an interesting phenomenon. Now it's called gray divorce, gray divorce. Which oh, I is, haven't heard that. Yes. Yeah, so uh, people in their late 50s, 60s on up, that is the, uh, I think it's now considered the most uh, rapidly growing uh, population to be divorcing. Wow. At this, yeah. Why and do you think so, that is? Uh, you know, that's really hard to know. It's um, It started even before, you know, all the craziness of the last three years. Mm-hmm. There are lots of, there's lots of speculation about it. Um, my sense of it is that uh, women, you know, have an expectation that if they sacrifice or they take care of their family, they take care of their husband and all of this, there will be some reward, you know, at the end of it. Like, oh, we'll retire. We'll have this happy life. We're now empty nesters. We can so there, Wait home. a minute. There's there's no reward? <laughs> now you're saying there's going to be no reward? <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> well, in some cases, there just is not, you know, it's kind of like what we talked about earlier about the grumpy old man syndrome. Um, you know, you you uh, you do all the things you're supposed to do. The kids leave the nest and you turn and look at one another and you go, what do we have in common? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what? Right. And I think women are less tolerant of that. As you said, they say to themselves well I'm not that old and I want to have a life I don't just want to sit on the couch with my grumpy old guy right 
and uh, there mostly, may be other issues. mostly women initiating the divorces, right? It's it's a lot more women initiating a divorce yes. than men now. Oh, certainly, and certainly much more than in the past. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that uh, happens is um, they're less likely to tolerate infidelity, mm-hmm. which um, a lot of women would just you know tolerate because well, and, you know they might be financially dependent on the guy. They might their status in society may be dependent on the guy, right? And they would, you know, a lot of women refuse to divorce, even though they're in mis- miserable marriages, because they they don't have their own income or any uh, means of creating their own income, and uh, their whole world would collapse because they're just not socially acceptable. You know, and also religious that. beliefs also would keep religious people beliefs. Married. Yeah, but th- that's I think another thing that um, is different in that our religious beliefs don't are not that strong. They're not that powerful anymore. Mm-hmm. So I I don't think that, I think that uh, really it's not holding women back from mm-hmm. exiting the, the marriage like before definitely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I agree with the, everything that Lynn suggested for you. Um, you know, um, Margaret, the, the world is teeming with lonely people. Mm-hmm. It's just that's like so huge an issue. Um, in Britain, they have a special department of the government. It's a department of loneliness or something where they wow. they actively put resources to helping people to make con- connections because they recognize what a difficult and um, risk laden. Uh, situation it is when people are lonely because their risk for all sorts of physical and mental uh, issues rises. Yes, and so they wanted to put some resources towards helping people to connect. But there are so many people out there who are lonely and not knowing how to connect. And so I would I would encourage you to do exactly what uh, Lynn said, which is you know join groups, uh, look for people online. Like that's how you and I met, Lynn. Mm-hmm. Was really we were on, on Instagram, exactly. right? Yes, on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And so um, it's never, ever, ever too late. As long as you're interested in life, as long as you're uh, you enjoy being around other people, um, you you just be yourself, and you will find the people who will gravitate towards you, and vice versa. So it's just a matter of going out and trying um, whatever you want to try to get to meet people. Activities are great. I think they're a wonderful way to find people. And especially uh, where you're, you are exercising. Mm-hmm. Um, that really helps on many levels. So, Or get a dog, yeah, Margaret, yeah. because, you know, having a dog, a dog, you'll never be lonely. And also then you're walking your dog and you can meet new people. Mm-hmm. I think it's also a great way to connect and, and meet people. It's so interesting because... Today we are so we are constantly connected with other people, and we are lonelier than ever. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So like through yeah. technology, we are constantly in touch with everyone, and right. and yet we are so lonely. It's it's just so sad, isn't it? Yeah, and people just don't even know how to start conversations with one another. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Well, hopefully yeah. that's not an issue for you, Margaret. Then hopefully you can get out there and make some friends and build a new beautiful life for yourself. And we wish you absolutely nothing but the best. Absolutely. Let's hope that the next chapter of your life is so much better than the last two. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we move on to Christine, who's in a stalemate with her boyfriend. John and I have been together for over five years. 
I'm in my 30s and I'd love to get married and have kids. Every time I bring up the subject of marriage, he either changes the subject or he says he's not ready. My friends tell me I should leave and find another relationship, but I love him. I also don't want to believe that this relationship has been a big waste of time. What should I do? That's a tough one, especially when you've already invested five years and you're mm-hmm. in your 30s. Mm-hmm. It's it's really difficult. Yeah. Do you, but you know, I, I think I think know, of that someone who is has who is not ready to get married after five years when you're in your 30s. I don't know. It's it's not gonna happen, in my opinion. I I would I would kind of agree that this the, the likelihood is less and less with each passing year. And especially if he's avoiding the subject, then you know he's uncomfortable. He knows that it's uh, he probably wants to stay in the relationship, but he doesn't want to come right out with it and say, yeah, I want to stay in the relationship, but I don't want to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it, you know, it depends on, I think, where you're really at, Christine, because I've seen an, so many women who say, you know, I'd really love to have children. I'd really love to get married. But then they will stick with a relationship where they're not getting either one. And so you might want to really do a deep dive. First thing is do a deep dive on yourself and ask yourself, you know, how committed am I really to having children? Mm -hmm. Uh, Was this kind of a wonderful, lovely idea that lit me up when I was in my 20s and now not so much anymore? Because if if it's a driving passion, let's face it, you likely would have moved on by now knowing that your biological time clock is ticking right? You probably would have moved on. So you might want to ask yourself, well, is this really something I'm into now anymore? You know, Mm -hmm. if you do the deep dive and you say to yourself, no, I can't imagine myself going for the rest of my life, not having children. uh, Then I would say, then you really need to face uh, the facts with your, your partner here, John, I would say, sit him down and say, this is, this is a non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. I want to have children. My biological time clock is ticking. I need to know from you whether or not you're willing to make that commitment to have children. Uh, and don't do it in a, I would say, don't do it in a judgmental way or in a critical, hostile way. It's more like just fact finding. Okay, mm-hmm. we've been in this situation for so long. It's time for us to really face the facts. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. No. Without um, giving him an ultimatum, but just trying to have without, a conversation. No, no, no ultimatums, because you don't want to turn it into a struggle for control. I mean, oh, yeah. gosh, you, you know, you really don't want that. If he comes across as, uh, you know, still kind of avoidant or 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 maybe he, he'll be respectful enough to give you an honest answer. If he says no, well, then at least you know something. At least you uh, are clear on the territory. Yeah. And then you decide what you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. So it's I, not easy. It's <laughs> not. I mean, I went through this with my husband when I met him. I was in an eight, eight relationship for eight years before uh-huh. him, which went, we were engaged, but it ended, thank God. But it went nowhere in the end. And when I met my husband, he always said, you know, he was married before. And he said, the next one's going to be forever. He, he, was, he always had this intention of getting married again. And we were dating almost two years. And then he says to me, out of the blue he just says oh, i'm never getting married again 
all women do is take advantage of you and they just take you for a ride. They take everything you have. He had nothing. And, and then I realized, okay, well, here I am. I was like 26. I was still very young in today's world, but it, you know, in that time I was ready for marriage and children and everything. So as soon as he said that to me, I said, okay, you don't want to get married. You don't want children. Thank you very much. I'm out. And we moved apart and I was gone. And I said, I'm not going to waste another eight years of my life. And I just, I just knew that I'm, I'm not going to go through that again. And, you know, I gave him a cup. I, I walked away completely. And of course, then he realized, okay, this is not what I wanted. <laughs> so, you know, we ended up getting back together. And of course he wanted to marry me and, you know, we had a child together and everything turned out well. And here we are almost 30 years later, but we needed to have that, you know, we, when, once he said that I needed to make my own decision, okay, well, can I live with this or do I want to live with this or not? And I knew that for me, that was a non-negotiable. So I don't want to waste my time in a relationship that's going nowhere. And, you know, if you call his bluff and you walk away and he lets you go, then, you know, you're not giving him an ultimatum, but then he's also not the guy for you. If he's Absolutely. happy and, and he's not looking for you or looking to try to get back with you and he's fine and he's happy, then he wasn't your man. And then hopefully you still have time to find the right guy for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's wonderful. You're a great example. <laughs> Real inspiration there. A lot of women don't have the courage to do that. Well, That's I mean, once you know, that. once you know what you want, you need to stick to your guns. Absolutely. And ultimately, that is your goal. You want to get married and you want to have kids and you've already invested five years with this guy. You know, it's not like you've been only together for five months and you don't know each other. After five years, if a guy is still not sure about you or he just doesn't want to get married and doesn't want to have kids, then that's then he then you need to know that. And then you need to make a decision based on that. Can you live with this? Is he more important to you than having a family or is having a family ultimately your goal in life? And that's more important. And then you need to find the right partner. And as hard as that is, and, you know, to let John go and to start a new life again, which is super difficult, it, it needs to be done sometimes. Right. Yeah. Great. I agree thoroughly. So let us know, Christine, please do write back and let us know uh, what you decided to do. And if you guys did have that heart to heart talk and, you know, I, I really wish the best for you. And I hope you guys can resolve this because five years is a long time and, and walking away is also very, very, very difficult and very painful for everybody. Thank you, Christine, for the questions. Thank you, everyone, for the questions. They were really good questions today. I really, really enjoyed these. Keep them coming, guys. And if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this episode with a friend because that helps us tremendously to get this you know, podcast out there to as many people as possible. Thank you so much to my partner in crime, Dr. Lucille. We always enjoy your insights so much. And in the mm. next episode, episode 15 is going to be another rapid fire. So we're going to be addressing am I the problem I've got more am I the problem questions for you we did this for episode 10 and you guys seem to love it a lot so hopefully you will also enjoy this one so make sure you guys tune in for next week thank you so much for watching and listening thank you everybody we enjoyed it thoroughly and we hope you did too thank you guys take care please be aware that Lynn and I are here to provide insights advice stories that are for educational and entertainment purposes only. None of our content should be considered to be personal, medical, or mental health therapy.
If you are experiencing a mental health or physical health challenge, please consult the appropriate healthcare specialist. We are here to provide the best possible content in an atmosphere of positive conversation and personal growth.